Mind Mug episode 279 on Monday the 17th of March 2014. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug and welcome to In My News. Where did that come from? Okay, let's do one. So a changing format to In My Mug again. You know I've been focusing on, and you've been having like a set of Bolivians or a set of Pulp Naturals or a set of Bourbons. Well, I've decided I'm just going to mix them up for a little while. And the reason for that is I've missed Africa. Um, it's been so long, so this week that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to have a really tasty African. I'm going to be focusing on Rwanda. It's going to be really good. But then next week we may focus on something else. So we're keeping a little bit kind of fresher and... Um, yeah, and mix up the coffees a bit. I hope you don't mind. Uh, maybe we go back to that in the future as well. Like, if I get some really interesting kind of uh, lots from a farm, we'll do that. But don't forget, you can win tickets every week to the London Coffee Festival, which is happening in London on April the 3rd until the 6th, I think it is. Um, uh, this week, I want you to send in a Vine. Uh, a Vine is an app that you can have for the Android or the iPhone, and you take a little video clip. And I'm going to show you one now, uh, is what a Vine is. Go. Come on, have it, have it, have it. That was Simon, and Simon is from our, uh, he's our wholesale operations guy, and he was in a pub, and I think he was drunk. Um, but you get the idea, send one of those vines in, something funny, something to do with coffee, and you can win tickets next week. And let's look at this week's winner, who gets two tickets for the London Coffee Festival on a day of their choice. They can either come on Friday and watch me do Brewer's Cup, or they can come on Sunday and watch the live in my mug in the afternoon. But anyway, this week's call's from Paul Puds, and it's Ask Dale. So Paul asks, what is the best method for making cold brew coffee? I've read quite a bit about it and would be interested to hear Dale's thoughts on the positives and negatives of cold brew and how best to make a drink with it. This is an interesting question and it's one that I've, uh, I've had a few people ask us uh, through the website. Personally, I'm not a fan of uh, cold brew um, and I know when I asked Dale, he said exactly like all good baristas, they do prefer hot coffee over cold coffee and it's just the way that it is. Um, and. Um, Dale's kind of asked me to kind of say, doesn't pretend to know all the answers, although I try and make him this barista uh, person that should be asked. Um, he's had some great brewed, cold brewed coffee at Colonus and Smalls, which is in Bath, and they use an eight hour extraction through one of the, the Hario Brew Towers. Um, gonna show you a picture on the screen now of a Hario Brew Tower. Uh, and he's enjoyed some of the coffees from there. There's also a video that uh, Peter Giuliano did on Japanese iced coffee, and we're gonna whack a link to that on the screen right now for you. Um, and that is uh, a, a really good, really good video. For me, I love, um, uh, I love uh, iced lattes when it gets warm. Um, it's something that I find kind of a little bit more acceptable. You know, cold milk with coffee kind of goes quite well. Uh, but hopefully, Paul, that answers your question. Um, he also threw in another question with uh, London Coffee Festival uh, on the horizon and Thames water being as poor as it is. Um, what can be done to make London's water better? Uh, well, at the barista competition, what we use is uh, uh, a, a filtration system, and I know a lot of shops use a reverse osmosis where they remove all the bad things from the water, in fact, everything from the water, and then use a recipe to add things in so it's easier to extract. Um, 
and that's a definite way uh, that some wall, water can be. I think that wasn't actually sent in by Paul. That was sent in by uh, Sam. Um, but yeah, so water is very different. Um, and and yeah, so that was Ask Dale. That was a little bit rambly, wasn't it? So hopefully that is our winner done for this week for the Brewers for the Brewers Cup. I'm obsessed with the Brewers Cup for the London Coffee Festival. Um, and now we're going to focus on, and this week we're going to focus on Rwanda. So Rwanda is a really interesting country. It's very rural, with about 90% of the population engaged in subsistence agriculture, so they're growing food for their own subsistence. Um, it's the most densely populated country in Africa and is landlocked um, and has few natural resources, so it doesn't have an abundance like if you go to DRC, where they have an abundance of <coughs> zinc and gold and diamonds and all that. It doesn't have that. Uh, and agriculture accounts for 33% of the economy coming out of Rwanda, so coffee's pretty important to it. Um, the history of co coffee in Rwanda dates back to the 1930s when the Belgians colonised uh, Rwanda. Um, it's really interesting how he got colonised, so it was basically a German colony I think and from the First World War the colony got reassigned to Belgium and they planted heaps of really poor quality, high producing, high yielding trees um, just so they could have a, a little coffee empire. Um, and then in the 90s uh, prices dropped and then in the 90s Rwanda went through the 1994 genocide which is just a horrendous if you ever want to be shocked at what human beings can do to each other go read about the 1994 genocide it, it makes the hairs on my arm stand up uh, particularly from visiting the country there were people that had lived through one in ten people being killed so a ten million population and a million were killed but afterwards what happened was all of this poor mass-produced coffee people went in and tried to help growers plant better varietals do their own processing grow better coffee know more about agronomy um, and now from this high yielding poor quality to now it's inextricably linked with this genocide and coffee getting better um, it's a place now that produces high quality um, that produces a really good interesting cup uh, there are hundreds of washing stations all over Rwanda where producers deliver their coffee to and the coffee's washed and comes from a cooperative like this one um, and has also done a lot to introduce buyers to co-ops so uh, it was the first country in Africa to do the cup of excellence of which I was lucky enough to be on the jury. Um, it's known as the land of a thousand hills as most of the coffee is cultivated between 1700 and 2000 meters which is just horrendously high altitude um, and the coffee is per the, the terroir is perfect for coffee um, and it's great to see it doing so well now and it's great to see Rwanda coffee really picking itself up um, and doing amazing things there's lots of companies out there that have done great work in Rwanda I'm always superbly impressed by Union Coffee Roasters Union Hand Roasters that have done a lot of work out there uh, but there's a lot of American companies that have done work out there and it's somewhere that I wish I could do more so that was Focus On Okay, so we ain't seen this baby for a while, um, we have to dig it out. Last time we had Latte, so let's get rid of Latte. And where it goes, I really don't want it to go anywhere horrible today, and it is stockroom! Right, so we're going to go to the stockroom. So um, I'm going to um, 
go on a discovery tour. Let's go discovering. So we're going to go this way. Um, coming through here. Say hello, Chris. Chris is making the coffee so we can actually uh, taste them on the microphone. This is my office. Um, it's, the, it's ridiculously large. That's where all the roasting's happening down there. So there's Gary. Yeah, anyway, you don't want to see them. We want to go and see the stock room. So going down my little staircase here. Da -da -da -da. And um, this is the green room, which I'm sure you'll be seeing at some point. But this is where all the green is. There's Gary. Say hello, Gary. And then we're going into the stock room, so in round here, into the stock room. So we've got the forklift, we've got rack in there, and we've got all this coffee here, all the coffee there. And that was the Wheel of Discovery. So this coffee is located in one of the 14 districts of the Hoi region. Uh, this is a fully washed Red Bull bond from uh, the washing station called Kagoma. Um, it came as a super surprise to us when we first saw this. This was two years ago. It's a sample that turned up from an importer we normally don't buy coffee from. Because it's not so great. But we cooked it and loved it. It jumped off the table at us. We knew nothing about it. We still know very little about it. But we bought it, enjoyed it, then it disappeared. And then just before Christmas this year, the sample hit our door again. Um, cooked it, same importer, same surprise on my face. Um, I'm very, very happy to see it back. Um, as I was saying in the focus on, Rwanda produces less than half of the amount of coffee that it used to produce from when it was colonial and, uh, and run by the, the Belgians. But it makes a much better quality now. Um, you know, like what I said about the Cup of Excellence, um, it really is a progressive country that is trying to do better things. It does have its own unique problems. The potato defect is something that you find in some um, uh, Rwandan coffees and when you find it, you know it's there. Um, but the climate, the altitude, the high quality varietals, they have so much bub on there. Um, it really does allow itself to be a coffee that is really treasured and prized by the specialty coffee community and somewhere I'm always happy to see coffees come back from. Now, because of how we bought the coffee, and because it's a small washing station, small co-op, uh, and we don't know so much about it, we were sent photos, we have the coffee, uh, we have some very basic information, uh, which I, I will, I'll, I'll go through in a moment, but this cup is all about the quality. It's all about what it tastes like, not about the story, and that's good. It's good to have coffees that just taste good and they don't have to have stories, but it's called Rwanda Kagoma, it's a red bourbon. It's fully washed and dried on raised African beds as most Rwandan coffee is. Um, the uh, owner of the, the, the co-op is Rwanda Mountain Coffee. Uh, it's an altitude of 1,980 meters, which is as high as we kind of buy. Um, it's picked by hand um, and not done on one picking. It goes, they go six, seven, eight, nine pickings. Um, it's washed underwater, in, un, submerged in water for 32 hours, and then sun dried on these um, on these raised beds. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So we should go and listen to what Roland has daft to tell us this week.
in Kigali, in Rwanda, the last Saturday of every month, it is compulsory to do some public service of tidying up the city. This can be tendering to flower beds, emptying bins or sweeping the streets. It's against the law to not do it, you know. Now it is a really cool thing. It promotes teamwork, it gives everyone a personal stake in the beauty and the progress and the success of the city. And it is something that really happens. I was there, I saw it, and I went down and had my breakfast in the hotel. And then after that, everybody was gone. The hotel was empty and people were cleaning. It was just amazing. Um, so anyway, we should go and do the incredibly vague, I'm not looking forward to this map bit. has become my favourite bit. I kind of like it. It's just, I don't know, I, I, I like maps. But we're going up. There's the lovely me waving you off. And we are going down to Africa, which is something we haven't done for so long. So, so long. I'm really pleased to be uh, back. I'm really pleased to be going into Rwanda, which is actually quite a small country when you look at it in the size of Africa, but it's still pretty huge. Um, also known as the land of a thousand hills, and it's just because they have such crazy altitude there. Uh, as I was mentioning in the focus on that, you know, the altitude is super high, and this just proves the point that the lowest point is 950 meters above sea level, and the highest point is the uh, volcano Hazamibi. And um, yeah, it just kind of shows you the variety of, uh, of altitudes. Now we're looking down at the Hui district, and I know nothing about this coffee, so what I am going to tell you that it's 581 square kilometers. Um, and has 314,000 inhabitants. I see that's how desperate I'm getting for facts when it comes to uh, working with a cooperative. And um, I can tell you some jokes and I could probably sing you a song, but I think we should end this very awkward and very vague map bit. So I'm back. I'm going to dive straight into the espresso. So the first thing you'll notice is this is super bright. So I get limes, I get lemon-like acidity, but then this kind of really weird sweet biscuit and chocolate thing comes along, which just makes it super smooth. So you have this high of like acidity. Oh, hang on a second. No, no, that's nice. It's smooth and it's more balanced and really ties in. I think it's a delicious, delicious espresso because it challenges me at the start but then kind of turns into that kind of creamy and smooth and chocolatey and yeah, very biscuit-like. Let's look at it in milk. Milk, it's okay. It's not bad. You do get that acidity kind of hit again and the sweetness of the milk kind of calms it down much quicker. Yeah, nah, nah, it's okay. Let's go into the brood, my uh, morning breath mug. So I made, I made this with the Chemex because I'm just practicing Chemex making a lot for the Brewers Cup. And the Chemex, again, brings out that acidity. The sweetness is perhaps a little bit more subdued than it is in the espresso, which surprises me. Um, but there is a sweetness, but it's not that chocolate and it's not that biscuit. It's much more kind of like, um, like melon-like. Uh, you get a real kind of like melon sweetness, like honeydew kind of. Yeah, stickiness, and I think it's delicious. I think it's a really, really great coffee. It's great to be back in Africa. I've kind of really missed it. Um, and that's why we're mixing it up a little bit for a while is to kind of 
chuck a few coffees that we've only got one or two up, so we never weren't looking like they would make it in, and, and, and hopefully they will. Uh, I've got a Colombian that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you soon as well. Okay, I'm going to wrap up. Um, we have done enough here for today, I believe. Uh, do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.